Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Full Court Press Podcast, a hoops show dedicated to Sumner County and Montgomery County basketball. I'm your co-host, Zach Womble. And I'm Brady McAtamney. And this week, uh, there's only really one team to talk about, and it's a big one. We're talking uh, all about the Clarksville Wildcats, who are headed to state for the first time in nine years under head coach Ted Young. And we got a very special guest joining us today. It is Jake Price, also known as 931 Hoops Report on Twitter. Jake, how you doing today, man? Excellent, guys. You guys doing well? We're doing good over here, man. Doing good, yeah. So uh, let's let's dive right into it. Um, so, Jake, you've been uh, here watching uh, Clarksville basketball, uh, Montgomery County basketball, for longer than I have. Um, you've seen a lot of very good basketball teams. Uh, what sets this Clarksville basketball team apart from other teams who have been close to state or made it to state? Well, I think this time last year, a a lot of people thought Northeast, no doubt, is going to make it back. They're they're probably going to make it back at least to Substate after the Hillsborough loss at the buzzer, no less, last year. And then Josh Alexander transfers to Blackman, which is a huge shocker to everybody. And then it just becomes where – you got to understand that this is a, this is a Northeast bunch that has been to the t- 10 AAA finals, won three straight titles, and has gone to sub-state twice, uh, winning once against, against Cane Ridge in 2018 as, a, as, um, as freshmen. Mm-hmm. And keeping up with that success over time is so much harder than actually winning games itself. It's, it, it, it's, it's hard to even – it's it's already hard enough to win. Maintaining that success is even harder, and that's what North what Northeast has done. Probably the best out of anybody I've seen in the past maybe 15, 20 years. So what sets this Clark's the high team apart is that they were not. I don't think a lot of people expected them to be here in the first place. Mm-hmm. So what what I think Ted Young's legacy brings to the table. You know, he, he's really had to kind of take the back seat to like a Kenwood or a Northeast. Uh, he had to take the back seat to Northwest for the first time in a while. I mean, you, you got it like the 2000, if, if you think about the 2000s, there were two head coaches that absolutely dominated the city. Al Cooper at Northeast and Ted Young at Clarksville High. That's right. In the, in the 2010s, it was kind of back and forth between Kenwood and Northeast. Earlier in the decade, it was Clarksville High and then West. West Creek had all the Northeast transfers, including Xavion Williams. It's been, I think, a, a more so of a, of a resurgence for Clarksville High, but I think after J.J. Wheat in the 20, 2022 class leaves, then things may start to look uncertain. But they have a really solid freshman class from Richview Middle School coming in in, in 2022 also. So it, it – you're never you're you're almost rarely going to see a Clarksville High team that is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that Northeast team coming into this year. Um, I don't know how how you had it stacked up, but I did an, uh, uh, a rankings of the city before the season started, and I had Northeast number one. And I would I would think most people would have uh, agreed with that. Um, I did at CHS number two, but you mentioned a lot of people probably didn't see this team being the team to represent Clarksville from state, even maybe region five from state, because there are a lot of really good teams over in district nine that uh, Zach knows a lot about. Um, I mean, we watched that beach game and uh, that game was just really dominated by CHS. Um, 
Zach, that was that was your one time to watch Clarksville this season. Um, what did you see from them that you think can make them dangerous in the state? Well, I think anytime um, you have a guy like Ted Young uh, on your sideline, I think that gives you a chance. He's, I mean, he's so well respected by by District Nine AAA. I can speak on that. I mean, the the amount of just positivity that uh, Nine AAA coaches exuded uh, when talking about Ted Young, Kit Brown mainly, the beachhead coach, talking about just how good they are and uh, you know how well he 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 gets them to to buy into his system and run their run their stuff. Uh, but their athleticism, man, it really took me by surprise in that game against Beach. I guess I guess I shouldn't be surprised just because uh, Montgomery County has always been uh, super athletic as far as all their basketball teams are concerned. But I think just seeing it in person was a little bit of a shock. You know, I think Brady made the point a couple weeks ago. You can see speed on film, but it doesn't necessarily translate to what you actually get. Um, and I think that was the case against Beach. You know, their guards were just so quick. Um, and Clarksville did a really good job of making Beach play their game. And it's so funny because the teams are so similar in the fact that they want to get up and down the court, right? Not, neither one of them wants really to run a half-court offense. But somehow Clarksville was was able to make Beach play the type of run-and-gun game that, that they wanted to play. And, I mean, all five starters scoring in double figures was was – obviously very huge Wesley Booth um, you know as good as JJ Wheat is I thought Wesley in that in that beach game was their X factor I think he dropped 16 points if I'm not mistaken hit a couple big threes Clarksville they own the glass I felt like on, on the offensive end as well in that game which gave them plenty of second chance looks so you know anytime you can control the glass um, you can get second chance points you can knock down your long range shots they hit their free throws and make a team play your game, you've got a chance. And so that's what I think makes Clarksville so dangerous is just they have a good coach, for one, that's going to, you know, keep them in it. They're not going to get rattled. Um, they're going to be ready for whatever the other team throws at them. Even if they get punched in the mouth early, Clarksville's the type of team that can come out of a timeout, regroup, and, and get back in it. I mean, Ted Young showed a couple times against Beach. He, he really knows the game of basketball and knows how to, to stop runs or create runs. Um, there was at one point, you know, Beach had clawed back in it. Uh, Christian Shaw hit a deep three. Uh, he Ted called a timeout, perfect time for a timeout. There was another time where Beach was on like a 6-2 run and, and Clarksville got a, a layup at the rim. He called a timeout when maybe not every coach is thinking about calling those kinds of timeouts just to settle his team down, get his team back in it, let it relay, you know, what he wants. And so I just think having having Young on on their sideline is is such a is such a great X factor for them because he's he's obviously such a good coach, but yeah, their athleticism, their ability to rebound, and yeah, I mean, anytime you can get someone other than JJ Wheat to step up like they did against Beach, it's going to make you even harder to 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 beat. So um, I think Clarksville has as good a shot as anyone to to make a run here. Yeah, I definitely agree. And um, you mentioned Wesley Booth. Uh, you know, guys that you you don't always think about when you're to th uh, when people think about CHS. Obviously, Ted Young being that legendary coach comes up. JJ Wheat being a guy who we could see going D1 comes to mind. Um, but there are a lot of guys on that team who really contribute and know their role. Um, 
Jake, I wanted to ask you about, um, especially two guys in uh, Javon Martin and Charles Freeman. Um, obviously, Martin was with the team last year and has really emerged this year as a very, very good guard, especially defensively, and Charles being that transfer from Atlanta. Uh, what have you seen from them in their growth uh, as in their time as Wildcats and how important they are to the team? I'll just make the statement right now. I think Charles Freeman is, the, is one of the top three most complete players we've had we've had in the city right now this year he, he can he can shoot he can create his own shot he can control the glass he it Clark's behind is just as small enough of a team where Freeman can operate at will and probably at his own pace as well mm-hmm. and then Javon Martin here's the thing about Javon Javon had a lot of off the court drama last year not necessarily it wasn't necessarily fighting but it's a, a lot of stuff that was out of his control and really just could not necessarily get it to get this year I've been so proud of Javon Javon has not only shown how what how how much he's grown up but how much he's willing to take that sort of leadership role and really to say say hey look I can I can take this by the horns and we can go get this dub and I, I think that this is probably one of the most coachable Clarksville High teams I've seen in a very long time. You're 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 always going to get a coachable Clarksville High bunch. At the very least, they're going to be pretty relatively easy to work with. This bunch is buying in much much faster than I than I would have anticipated. Yeah, absolutely. And watching both of those guys go to work, man, they're just fun players to watch. I mean, you mentioned Charles being able to create his own shot and he's a pretty big guy. You know, he's a solid six, three, um, big, big frame, uh, just a big dude, but he can get out there. He can shoot the three ball. He can score from mid range. He can, you know, put a floater up there, short range jumper layups. Uh, we've seen him dunk at times. I mean, he's just a really fun dude to watch, but Javon, man, he's, he's thick. He's not exactly, you know, a knockdown shooter as we've seen, but, um, the way he can just stay on a guy's hip, his on ball defense, man, has just been, so fun to watch and and that kind of thing can can inspire a team just as much as any you know fast break donk or big three I mean the way that he just stays glued to guys has just been so exciting to watch exactly but uh, yeah you mentioned this team being super coachable and that's not always something you see in the city um you know we've you had teams um last year like uh, Kenwood comes to mind, obviously an extremely talented group with guys like Jalen Washington and Scooter Williams. Um, but it seemed like that, that at times, you know, um, the mood wasn't always there for them. You know, it, it wasn't, I, I talked to Jason James and he'd be like, you know, these guys got to buy in, you know, we need to stay focused. And um, that felt like at times that could, that was the case with uh, Northeast. I know that they had some drama. Um, and I think that's probably what uh, Clarksville, what puts Clarksville ahead of those, maybe not as talented as a team like Northeast, um, maybe not as deep, maybe not as, as many, you know, super high level players. But I think that them being that cohesive is kind of what sets them apart. Is that something you would agree with? Absolutely. And I don't think you could have said it any better. This is probably the most athletic Clarksville high team in 10 years. They had Monte Bernie, Day-Day Williams, uh, Ted Young's son, Drake, was a sophomore. He had Scooter Hightower. This was pro- this is probably the most complete team I've seen in 10 years from, from that bunch also. Yeah, and, and having a guy in J.J. Wheat who um, seems almost like a lock to reach uh, 
maybe not a lock, but a, a very good bet to reach 2000 career points. Um, having him lead the way helps. Um, what have you seen out of him uh, between, uh, you know, his first time with CHS as a freshman um, to where he is now? Well, what kind of growth have you seen from him? A lot of composure and you don't see him that emotional on the floor. He's always composed. I, I call him a point guard version of Kawhi Leonard for a reason. He's, ne- he's never rattled, and if, if he is, he always comes back up. That's what you can see. That's what you see from him 99% of the time. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a pretty good way to put it, honestly. You know, um, you know sometimes you, you'll, you'll see him laughing with his teammates or something in this, in this huddle because that's one thing that I have noticed actually about CHS is they seem to have fun even when, <clears throat> excuse me, even when they are in the huddles. You know, Ted Young is a guy who – doesn't often take things super seriously. I mean, most of the time he doesn't even go back to the locker room after games. And when he does, he's in there for like two minutes and then I can get to talk to him real quick, you know? Um, But there'll be times where, especially when it was in the empty gyms, I know, unfortunately you weren't able to be in there for those games. Um, But for games when I would be in there for the empty gyms, you would just see, (laughs) he would just be there on the sideline, like, Oh, good job guys. Like, Oh, don't do that. Uh, You know, just kind of, almost joking around giving a play-by-play of the game as he was on the sideline there. And, and his positive attitude, his, his love for the game really seems to um, kind of trickle down to his players. You know, they, they have a good time out there and um, that's been super important. Um, but uh, looking forward to their game this week, I'm not sure how much you know about Houston. Um, I know I'm still kind of, you know, getting together some details on them, but um, what do you, what do you see out of, out of Houston and what do you think that CHS can do to, either keep that game competitive because this is a nationally ranked team or maybe even win that game. I think speed, they need to maintain composure. They get, they can't turn over the ball because Memphis Houston is probably that it's, they're probably the biggest threat to win the state tournament at all at large. Yeah. I mean, top to bottom that they're relatively deep, that they're, they're tall, a lot of height. They can move the ball. They can distribute the ball. They're basically a taller, more athletic version of Franklin. And yeah, the, that's a solid the, way to put it. Yeah, it's a t- it's a tough draw for them in the first round. I mean, goodness gracious! I mean, you know, obviously they're they're excited to be there, you know, to make the trip to to the glass house. But man, pulling Houston in round one is just man, that's tough. That's real, real tough. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you you look at that team. Not only are they led by a two time NBA champion in Mike Miller, but his son Mason, who's committed to Creighton. Um, an NCAA tournament team this year. Uh, you also got, I don't remember the other kid's name, but they've got an Oregon commit. Um, and that's not the, that's not the end of the list for their college basketball players. Um, but we've seen, you know, Ted Young can go up against teams who are bigger than his, who have more star power than his, and they can win those games. Um, Jake, you're going to be, uh, be able to make it to the game. Yes, I will. But one thing about Ted Young I've seen over the years is that he's the perfect definition of a player's coach. He's mm-hmm. not he's not gonna force you to he's not gonna force you to be in a situation where you're not gonna be at your best. And that's one thing that his head coach back from his time, Ben Finley, I think Finley's the best coach Clarksville's ever seen. Ted Young's probably a close second. Because both of them are players coaches. They're gonna put you where you where you think you're you're probably going to be the most successful on the floor, not where not where you best fit into the system. Wherever you can have the most success as a player, 
Ted Young and Finley, respectively, will put you in that position. Jake, yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a reason uh, Ted Young's name is up there in the rafters at William Workman Gymnasium with guys like Sean Marion and Trenton Hassel. I mean, that guy that guy he just he was a he's a heck of a basketball player and um, probably an even better coach. Hey guys, I got a question for you. Um, as, as people who have seen JJ Wheat play more more times than me, is this the type of game where where JJ is um, you know maybe maybe sees the competition that he's facing because he, he strikes me as the, t- the type of guy that will never back down from a fight. Is this the type of game where uh, JJ could will his team to a victory? You think? I think I think the odds are stacked against them, but. There was a point guard at Northeast back 11 or so years ago named Telvin James. I think it's the closest thing I've seen to J.J. And Telvin James wheeled Northeast to almost upsetting White Station in the first round. White Station, okay? So I'm not saying a win for Clarksville High is impossible, but the, the, the odds are very stacked against them. For sure. I, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to notice the, the the star power that Houston has. But, you know, uh, Jay, like I said, J.J. strikes me as the kid that feels like the underdog and, and feels like if he gets going in the first quarter, he could drop 50 in a game. I, I don't know. He just strikes me as that that kind of player. Yeah, you know, he's – one thing that is definitely special about this Clarksville High team is um, when I talked to Ted Young after the beach game, he told me that on their drive home – from um i believe the northeast game uh or no i'm I'm sorry he he told me after the franklin game after the during the drive home from beach so just the hour or so drive from uh, murfreesboro back i'm sorry not murfreesboro hendersonville back to um clarksville he already had um eight tapes of film on franklin and he could tell that his guys watched every single one of them um, so that's something, and, and JJ, we obviously comes into that because you could see the way that he and all of his teammates, um, they, they kind of, they know what you want to do. And I think we saw that against beach for sure. I think you can agree that we saw that is we could see what they were trying to do and they were able to snuff those plays out before they happened. And that leads to their fast breaks. And, you know, with that being such a fast team and JJ being such an incredible finisher, um, that, that led to points more often than not. Um, so we'll see how much film they were able to get on Houston. I know Ted Young being as well-respected as he is probably has his connections down there in the Memphis area. Um, but like you, like Jake said, uh, I think the odds are very much against them with Houston. Um, and that's not a slight on Clarksville at all. This is obviously a very talented team, but Houston, I mean, this is, this is one of the best teams in the country we're talking about. I mean, this is a team with multiple division one commits, um, we're talking a borderline college team here led by an NBA veteran. Um, but that said, you know, um, I think there is a chance that they'll win. I think Houston, maybe they have a cold shooting night. Maybe they get surprised out of the gate by CHS and aren't able to fully recover because, you know, Mike Miller, I mean, that's a guy who has been through it all. I mean, the dude played with LeBron. Um, this isn't a guy who's, who's new to basketball in the slightest. Um, but he hasn't been coaching as long as Ted Young. You know, maybe Ted Young is able to move the chess pieces around a little bit better. Um, I think that'll probably be their their best shot at winning that game. Um, and J.J., of course, will have to have a big game. But as we saw against Beach, as we saw against um, uh, against Green Hill, we're, you will need to see guys like Wesley Booth, like Jaheim McDonald, Charles Freeman, to step up and get some scoring. Probably uh, some scoring from Jaheim Berry off the bench, dude. Might need a couple threes from him. Um, 
but he is, I, 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 I think Jaheim Barry, um, Jake, I'm not sure if you'd agree with me here is uh, probably the best catch and shoot guy in the entire city. At least top three, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, so that's, that's all we got for the uh, Clarksville Houston game, but Jake, before you go, um, you know, every year we get to hand out some superlatives. Um, I'd like to give you a chance here. Uh, I know it's putting you on the spot a little bit. Uh, give me a, a coach of the year, uh, player of the year, and a uh, defensive player of the year for uh, Clarksville this season. Okay, so for, uh, can we do both girls and guys, or do you want to do just boys? Go for it. Yeah, girls and guys is fine. Okay. So I think it's going to be a stretch with what I'm going to say for girls coach of the year. But okay. after losing nine seniors, and here's the thing, Justin Woods, a lot of people did not think he was a great development coach in the past because he's always had talent. The moment he stepped into Rossview in 2013, he they had a loaded team. Went to state his first year. To, to develop this group and bring in Anya Shelton from Clarksville Academy as an assistant. Mm-hmm. I think without a doubt, Justin Woods is our is our ladies coach of the year. Yeah, he I mean he's a he's a great pick. I mean, I think it's gonna be a really, really tough choice. Uh when I uh, evidently have to go through and make the pick between Justin Woods, like you said, has as good of a case as anybody. Ben Wallace obviously deserves great consideration. And Charles Clark at Clarksville Academy. I think all three of those guys had stellar seasons. Okay. I think defensive player of the year, you probably could argue between a Tamia Scott or Sydney James's Roaches. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I, I would more likely pick Tamia Scott because she's a block threat every single night. And then MVP, that's going to be pretty easy. Tamia Scott. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, listeners of the show will know that um, I'm a bit of a Tamiya Scott fan, but it's hard not to be. I mean, just the way anyone who's seen her play, I mean, that's that's the best, that's one of the best players in the state right there. Easily. And one and one thing a lot of that Northwest group will, will bring out will will bring up about her, she's not somebody that will just be a ball hog in practice. She will actually take the time to go over plays with some with even some of the freshmen. For all we know, I mean, this is someone that really takes her time to really help not just her game, but everybody else around her because she could because she could easily just drop 30 if she wanted to. But she Mm -hmm. thinks she has a bigger role than that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then um, how about on the boys side? What do you got over there? I think I think Ted Young's our coach of the year. I I, I don't I don't think I don't think very many people would would dispute that. J.J. Wee, I would probably say, is your MVP after a stellar, much more, I would say, a more complete regular season than last year also. He's stepping up on the glass. He's, his, his ball distribution has improved mightily over last year. Defensive player of the year, I don't think anybody will dispute this. I think it's big Ron, Ron Jasmine at Rossview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, all three very good picks. And, you know, you mentioned JJ being MVP and um, obviously uh, hard to dispute that. Um, But with this being a year that he didn't win district MVP after winning it last year, um, you know, that honor was given to Samaj King at Henry County, obviously a very worthy pick. Um, But it's interesting to see that, you know, JJ might even be better from last year um, 
and and wasn't given that honor. You know, it's 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 funny to think about, but I mean, with the way Henry County finished number one, Samaj yeah. King having a great year. You know, it's hard to dispute that. But uh, I I, th- I think a lot of people pick Samaj King be- more so because of stati- uh, from a statistical standpoint, and I can't really go against that because it, I feel like if you take Samaj King away from Henry, it's going to have a more catastrophic role than JJ Wheat, vice versa. Yeah, I think that's definitely a fair assessment. Um, well, thank you, Jake, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, joining us today. Um, anything else that you want to add before we, uh, before we close up? I, d- I don't think so. I just want to say you guys do an excellent job at what you guys do, and I appreciate it so much that you guys were to bring me on. Yeah, of course, man. Right back Absolutely, at you. Man. Yeah. You definitely do an awesome job, and I think everyone here, uh, everyone in the city for sure definitely uh, knows the work that you do over on over there on Twitter and uh, definitely appreciates the, uh, the daily updates. For sure. All right. Thank you guys so much. You guys have a good one, okay? You too, too, Jake. Jake. So that was Jake Price from 931 Hoops Report on Twitter. That is at 931 Hoops Report. He does an awesome job reporting on Montgomery County. They're on his Twitter account. This guy's been following uh, Montgomery County Hoops for a long time. Uh, Sumner County fans, you can give him a shout as well. He covers a lot of Montgomery County and uh, Sumner County games. You know, they play each other a lot every year. And uh, that's going to be happening even more starting next year. Yeah, Uh, that's exactly right. Yep. So, yeah, go ahead and give that guy a follow. Very knowledgeable on our game. Yeah, he's a, he is a great follow. Um, you know, I don't I don't know the backstory of how he's got started. I'm assuming he's from Montgomery County. I'm assuming he went to one of the high schools there. Um, but man, he's just so knowledgeable, dude. I mean, you you I learned so much from him. I'm sure you have as well. Uh, to so to get him on and and get his insight on Clarksville was was a big gift for us. Absolutely. Yep, no doubt. Um, so I want to make, I know I want to make a quick pick for, um, my triple a boys winner. Uh, I, I think Kane Ridge is going to win it all. I was super impressed with, uh, with Brandon Miller. Listen, Hey, I know Houston is, is good. Uh, and they've got, they've, they've definitely got more talent than Kane Ridge is probably the most talented team in the state. Uh, but dude, listen, Miller is Miller is, uh, he's a, he's a future NBA player for a reason. I mean, when I, watching watching Beach defend him, you, you remember uh, two weeks ago when we had Matt, Matt Kaiser on from Tennessee Hoop Talk, and he was talking about how Franklin played incredible defense the whole game, and he still dropped like twenty four. That was the yeah. exact same thing for Beach. I mean, they were all over him. They were hugging him. They were pulling on his jersey. I mean, hands in the face. I mean, just great defense, and it did not matter. Uh, he got in, he got in foul trouble in the first half. A couple fouls I thought were. Not against him, but needless he needless to say he he went out and you know obviously that was an impact and allowed Beach to get back in it, but in that second half, man, there was nothing. I mean, nothing they could do uh, to stop Brandon Miller. He did what he wanted. Uh, you know the ability to just block shots, the ability to take a dime off the backboard, the ability to just pull up from thirty, uh, can step back, um, the spin jumper, get to the rim. I mean, that's just. That's hard to stop. And I, listen, like I said, I know Houston has a ton of weapons. Uh, if when they face, I'm assuming they'll face um, face off. But man, I, I just don't know how anyone's going to stop him. I mean, I really think he could drop 40 at any given moment. He dropped 30 against Beach, and that was sitting, and that was only playing 27 minutes, 26 minutes. So if he doesn't get in foul trouble, there's no telling what he what he drops against Beach against good defense. 
nonetheless. And I'm sure Houston will play good defense, but sometimes you run into an NBA player, man, and there's just nothing you can do about it. You know, better offenses beats better defense any day of the week. And I just think he's got it, man. I, I think he's that dude. And I think he can lead Kane Ridge to the gold ball. Yeah. I mean, if, if Kane Ridge and Houston meet up in the championship, I mean, I, I'm going to have to put in a credential request. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Just yep. as a spectator, get some popcorn and, and a Coke. And I mean, that's, that would just be a heck of a basketball game. You know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves on that and just assume that'll happen, but it's hard not to, you know, just the way Brandon Miller plays. He's about as pure of a scorer as it gets at the high school level. Yeah. Um, I think, but, I think if the one and done rule wasn't in college, I think he'd go straight to the NBA. I think he absolutely could. Um, but you know, this is a guy that I think we could possibly see. Um, I think this is a guy who could be playing in, in March Madness this week if, if he were allowed to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, but speaking of that, um, you know, this is the week of March Madness. Uh, I know we didn't talk about this coming into, uh, into the show, but um, why don't we just give a uh, quick prediction on uh, what we see coming out of uh, the bracket uh, this, uh, this coming uh, couple weeks? Mine's going to be pretty much chalk. Uh, I think Gonzaga, Michigan, Illinois, and then I guess the, the underdog in quotes would be Arkansas is my fourth team, I think makes the, makes the final four. Um, in the in the Illinois uh, bracket, I think Loyola Chicago could be your Cinderella team that makes that makes a real run at it. I mean, they've got Sister Jean on, on on their sideline, so anytime you can have that, I guess that element in your back pocket when you when you get uh, Sister Jean on, on your side, maybe maybe brings you a little bit of magic. I know that as a Tennessee fan, unfortunately, um, a few years ago losing losing to them, but um, I think that's my final four. And as far as uh, my champ goes. I think I think you're going to get Gonzaga over over Arkansas in in the championship game. Yeah, you know you, you got mostly chalk, and um, I, I gotta agree with you for the most part. Um, I mean, it, I I don't usually like to pick almost all number ones. I usually you know I'll, I'll get maybe one or two in there most years, um, just because you know that's kind of just bound to happen most time yeah. most of the time. Um, but this year I'm going with uh, I agree with you on Gonzaga in Illinois getting in there. Um, as far as my other two teams, I've got Alabama coming out of Michigan's bracket and Baylor, another number one team. Um, and then as far as the championship, I actually have Baylor over Gonzaga. Um, I think we could see the Bears uh, taking out Gonzaga's bid for a perfect season in that last uh, that last game in the championship game. But uh, I mean, I'm just looking forward to a great tournament as far as Cinderella teams. You know, I'd love to say that Michigan State <laughs> could be a Cinderella out of that number 11 seed. You know, you don't – it's not usually something you hear is Michigan State being a Cinderella team because, you know, they're usually, you know, yeah. in, in one of the top five, four, three to see, uh, seeds. But being 11 this year, they got to play in-game against UCLA. Um, unfortunately, they're just not very good this year. They, they've beaten some really good teams like Michigan and Illinois and Ohio State. Um but unfortunately, they're just not a great team this year. I mean, I, I'm just glad that they were able to get into the tournament and extend Tom Izzo's tournament streak, um, keeping it one of the longest in the country. Um, but one team that I do really like to possibly make a little bit of noise is uh, 12-seeded Winthrop uh, okay. down in the South region. Uh, I've got them beating Villanova. I've got them beating Purdue um, before eventually losing to Baylor. But uh, overall, man, I'm, I just couldn't be happier about having March Madness back after March sadness last year. Amen to that. You know, and, and speaking of, of teams that we root for, uh, Tennessee, listen, I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to count on Rick Barnes to lead a team through the tournament. I mean, listen, you get he got fired from Texas after 17 seasons for a reason. 
you know, I mean, one final four in his coaching career, just, he's just not a tournament coach. And unfortunately basketball is a tournament sport. I mean, like I was saying to you off air, if you can't take Kevin Durant and TJ Ford to the final four, what makes you think he's going to take this group of, of Tennessee players to the final four? Uh, you know, they started out so hot this year and I feel like they just regressed as the season went along. Um, they should have won that game in the SEC tournament against Alabama, but surprise, surprise, uh, a Rick Barnes led team just collapsed in the second half of the tournament. Uh, listen, I know, I know coaches don't play the game, but there was just so many opportunities for him as the coach to take over and, and, and call the right play call timeouts when he, I mean, that last play that they had to, to try to tie it was awful. I mean, it was awful. And I just, I feel like that is exactly, that describes Rick Barnes coaching style to a T in the tournament. It's just awful. Um, <laughs> so listen, I mean, Tennessee is not Duke. They're not North Carolina. They're not Michigan state. They're not a blue blood program. That's going to win natties. I mean, we don't even have, I say the word we loosely, but they don't even have a final four banner in Thompson bowling arena. Um, so this is probably the best that Tennessee will ever do, right. Is, is just being in the tournament every year, you know, giving them such a chance in the SEC tournament, winning 20 games, maybe winning 25, but they're never, I mean, they're just not gonna, they're just not going to make a real run at it. They're not going to threaten it. The best coach we ever had now, now where's the wrong shade of orange, uh, at Auburn and Bruce Pearl, you know, we fired him cause he lied about a barbecue and, and here, <laughs> and here we are, you know, Suffering through through uh, Rick Bar- Rick Barnes tournament collapses. Uh, I hate to keep harping on it, but man, I, I I can get fired up when when talking about it, man. It just yeah yeah. Before we get Zach going too much, on yeah, the I'll just I'll, I'll run this final I'll run this final show into the or this final minute into the ground <laughs> <laughs> talking about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say it makes me so thankful even more for Tom Izzo having that guy on our side for practically my entire lifetime, man. It's he's definitely a pleasure to have, uh, and I hope he never retires. Um, but anyway, that, that's going to wrap it up for the full core press show today. Um, we are looking forward to getting at it next time. Once the state tournament has wrapped up or has come close to wrapping up, uh, we will see, but, uh, we really appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget to, uh, like the podcast, subscribe, and, uh, we will talk to you guys again soon. See you everybody. <laughs>